Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Have you ever wondered what Jesus meant when he said in the Great Commission of Mark's Gospel, they shall take up serpents? Have you ever wondered what that means? Well, I want you to stay with us today because today we are going to be speaking to you about taking up serpents and the discerning of spirits. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and I am so excited about today's teaching. You know, beloved saints, there are some of us who have been in prisons of depression. There are others of us that have been stuck in cycles and we can't break out of them. We've been asking God, God, when is this gonna end? Lord, do something about this thing that continues to repeat itself in my life. You know, in the gospel according to Mark, there was a young man who continually threw himself into the fire. And as soon as he was pulled out of the fire, he would throw himself later into the water. It was a self-destructive spirit. And you know what Jesus speaks about? When his disciples could not cast the spirit out, which was totally unusual. Why? Because Jesus had commissioned them to cast out devils. The Bible tells us in Mark's gospel, before they ever, the Bible ever introduces us to one name of the 12, the Bible first begins teaching us that the 12 were called to be with Jesus, that he might send them forth to preach and to heal the sick and to cast out devils. That's exactly what Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 teach us. Then, beloved saints, we know that in Mark's gospel, in the sixth chapter and the seventh verse, the Bible says, and he sent them forth two by two that they might go forth and cast out devils. So we see that they were called to cast out devils. And Mark chapter 3, verse 11 tells us, and they cast out devils and healed the sick and anointed many with oil. So we must understand that casting out of demonic spirits was their calling. So now when we go to the gospel according to Mark, we run up against a block in their destiny, a block in their calling. They were called to cast out devils and yet they could not in this child. And Jesus teaches us why. And one of those reasons why, beloved saints, is because we need discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is one of the nine charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. And today I pray that as you view this telecast and today's teaching, that the Lord is gonna empower you with discerning of spirits. It's spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. One of the nine charismatic gifts is discerning of spirits. 
and one of the great signs, wonders, and miracles that will accompany them that believe, that are sent forth on the Great Commission for the Great Commission, which is the commission to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if there be any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we know these five supernatural signs that shall accompany them that believe are obviously there to, to prove that Jesus has been risen from the dead, that he's alive and not dead. But what does it mean to take up serpents? And how does one receive discerning of spirits? You know, beloved saints, that Jesus said, this kind cometh forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. This kind means in Greek, this word ginos means species. God wants you to know the origin of how that spirit entered in. God wants you to know the name of that spirit. That's why Jesus said to the man with the legion, what is your name? He was, in, he was intensively training his disciples on how to fulfill that mission to cast out devils. You see, Jesus wants you to be so scripturally, spiritually, and skillfully astute, especially when it comes to the demonic kingdom that he has already taken dominion over and has already conquered in his name and given you authority against it. I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, as we view this teaching today, I pray the impartation of discerning of spirits come upon everyone that listens to this word and through listening to the word, the impartation of discerning of spirits will enable us to go deeper in our skillfulness and sensitivity to the work, the power, and the mission of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Pentecost. How many of you are getting ready for Pentecost? Hallelujah. I want us to go to the Great Commission that is found in Mark's Gospel. Mark the 16th chapter, if you will. Uh, throughout the, uh, every single Gospel has the Great Commission. But I cannot take it for granted that everybody in this house knows what the Great Commission is. It is so important for us to understand the Great Commission because that is what Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and commissioned his disciples before he went back into heaven. The greatest commandment and legacy that the Lord Jesus left to us as a church was the Great Commission. Let us look at Mark's version of the Great Commission which we will find, beloved saints, in Mark's gospel in the 16th chapter. Hallelujah. The 16th chapter of the gospel according to Mark. And we are going to begin, beloved saints, with, we're going to begin today with the 15th verse. Because it begins with the Great Commission itself. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized. 
Christ shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Now watch, there's going to be five different articles. Five different articles that we are to look at. And these are articles, these articles are signs that are going to follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Number two, they shall speak with new tongues. Number three, they shall take up serpents. Number four, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And number five, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, I want you to see, I'm going somewhere with this, that every single gospel has the Great Commission. I want us for a moment to look just at, as a very brief, at a glance, I want us to go to Matthew 28 and see the Great Commission of Matthew 28. Matthew 28 is slightly different than Mark's version. Matthew 28 says, Hallelujah, and his disciples and the eleven disciples went to Galilee, where in the place where Jesus appointed them, verse 16, but verse 18 is the key. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Notice the Markan, the Markan version of the Great Commission is to go forth and preach the gospel to every living creature. The Matthean version of the Great Commission says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore unto all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you. And we're going to look at the John version. John's version of the Great Commission. Go with me to John chapter 20. We are going to see the Johnine version, or John's version of the Great Commission is very short. John's version of the Great Commission is, in verse 21, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, beloved saints, I want you for a moment to look at Luke's version. Because Luke's version is going to have everything that is in all the other versions, but it is only missing one thing. And that is the commission itself. And there's a reason behind it. The reason in Luke's version of the Great Commission that the commission itself is not listed is because Luke uses the same words that he presents at the end of his gospel. In Luke 24, he transports them to the book of Acts. And we see that the great commission that Luke gives us is not just in his gospel, because everything that he puts in the gospel that he ends with, uh, Luke 24, he transports to Acts chapter 1. But instead of placing the Great Commission in Luke's Gospel, he places it instead in Acts chapter 1. And there's a reason for that. All right? I want us to look at the Lucan version just for a moment. 
Luke chapter 24. Say this with me, the Great Commission. It's something every Christian needs to follow and know. Say this with me, it's the reason for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. All right, let us look and let us see. In Luke's version, Luke is going to give us supernatural similarities that we are going to see in Acts, that we are going to see uh, laid out for us here in Luke. Luke chapter 24 says to us, uh, the Bible says in verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, watch this, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Did you know that this is almost exactly the very same language that is used in Second Kings chapter 2 with the taking up of Elijah? It's almost the exact same language. As Second Kings chapter 2, when the chariots of fire came for Elijah, that the Bible says that he was parted from him asunder, and he was caught up, carried away. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem. So the question arises, why did Luke leave out at the ascension of our Lord when all the other Gospels tell us the Great Commission because he transports those very words used that are at the end of his gospel. He brings them into Acts and we see that the Great Commission in Acts is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem Samaria Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Beloved saints, in case you questioned why is the great commission of Luke's gospel very deliberately placed in the book of Acts right before the day of Pentecost so that you and I would never question why baptism in the Holy Spirit was given to the church. That baptism in the Holy Spirit was given to you and to me to fulfill the Great Commission. Somebody ought to say, I have been called to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. 
in my name they shall cast out devils. Sign number two, they shall speak with new tongues. Sign number three, they shall take up serpents. Sign number four, that if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And sign number five, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall that we understand the depth of the Great Commission. You know, when we experienced the baptism in the Spirit, when I first received the baptism in the Spirit, my whole entire family, a month later, received the baptism in the Spirit also. And all my brothers and my precious sister, they're still serving God, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You see, the baptism in the Spirit is given to us to prove Jesus is alive. This is what the book of Acts is all about. 
The book of Acts is not just about miracles. The book of Acts is about the witness that he's alive to produce the proof that he's not dead. You see, just the letter only does not prove Jesus is alive. The witness of the Spirit, the Bible tells us we are witnesses of these things and so also is the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them who obey him. Can I get a witness somewhere? So if we monitor from the gospel according to Mark, the work of the baptism in the Spirit, and we see from the very beginning, from the very beginning in the gospel according to Mark, beloved saints, we see in Mark chapter 3, in Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, the Bible says he called unto him 12, that they should be with him. And he sent them forth to preach, to heal the sick, and to cast out devils. Say this with me, to heal the sick and cast out devils. Okay. Throughout the gospel, we see the association of healing the sick and casting out devils as the same. We see this concept revealed to us. If you look, beloved saints, this is this calling of the disciples is actually hermeneutically placed, or what we might call in a methodical sense of scripture, looking at the methodology, the way that the text is actually written, we will see that the names of the disciples follow their calling. First, scripture gives us the call and the commission. Secondly, scripture tells us their names. So before we ever read about the call of Peter, Peter being called, and John being called, and James being called, and Philip being called, and Andrew being called, and Thaddeus being called. Before those names are ever called or written in the Word, the Bible says that he sent, that he called unto him twelve, that they should be with him. Hallelujah. And he sent them forth to preach, to From the very beginning, he, he called unto him the twelve. Number one, that they should be with him. Number two, and he sent them forth to preach. Number three, to heal the sick. And number four, to cast out devils. Then we
we see in Mark's gospel, continuing in the context in the sixth chapter, I want you to see Mark chapter 6, verse 7. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6, verse 7, and he sent them forth two by two. Come on, look at it in the word. He sent them forth two by two. Hallelujah. And he gave them power against unclean spirits. So we see they were destined to cast out spirits in Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Then we see they were sent forth to cast out spirits in Mark chapter 6, verse 7. And we see in the Great Commission, the 120, the first article of the Great Commission in my name, they shall cast out devils. Somebody should praise him. This is not some far out fanatical thing. This is what we've been called to do. We've been called to subdue spirits. Now I want you to understand what the Bible is teaching. When the Bible says, number one, first article, in my name they shall cast out devils. Number two, they shall speak with new tongues. But what is this thing that is referred to, they shall take up serpents? Is this some flowery word? Some flowery action that we're just going to take up serpents? What does this mean? to take up serpents. There's been fanatical interpretations of what it means to take up serpents. Persons have used pythons in a service and said, wow, this is how I'm taking up a serpent. How ridiculous is that? In my name, they're going to take up serpents. What does that actually mean? One of the ways we can understand Scripture and understand the author's intent It's very easy. You don't need to go to seminary to get yourself a little Bible or Bible aid that will give you access to Greek word studies or Hebrew word studies. It's very simple. If you have a key study Bible, then it's already done for you. All you have to do is look it up. It'll be numbered for you. And you can look up in the back of the book and have to your access very simple words that are underlined in Greek or in Hebrew. Because to take up serpents, take them up is very important because it's article number three of the Great Commission. So that means every one of us, these signs shall follow them that believe, not just the pastor, not just the uh, apostle, not just the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, or the teacher. Not for the purpose of being seen and not really for the purpose of the church. The gifts of the Spirit are given for the church. But the Great Commission is given for the world. I hope you understand. The Great Commission was given to every believer to go into all the world to preach the gospel. That means there's something you can do that has to do the evangelizing of souls throughout the world. And I still believe in missionaries. I still believe in going physically to the nations and going to unevangelized people and bringing them the gospel. Are you here? 
in Hebrew, or in Greek. And it actually means, it can mean, it has several different meanings in the Greek language. Arouf literally means to lift up, to raise up. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? They shall take up serpents. But it also has another meaning. And I do not believe that Jesus wants us to take up serpents in the sense just to raise up a serpent unless we've got the victory over it. It's, must, it's like a trophy. Hello, somebody say, the serpent I'm lifting up is a trophy because it's subject to me. Hallelujah. But if we look at the multiple meanings in the Greek language, we will understand that this word ero also means to detach something that is fastened or attached. I'm going to say that again. To attach something or detach something that is attached to something else. Taking up serpents, dear child of God, is the process, hallelujah, of the removing the attachment apparatus, spiritual apparatus of how spirits become attached to one another and how spirits become attached to human beings. <laughs> Taking up serpents means that I'm going to have to operate in the gift of discerning of spirits. Put your hand up right now and say in the name of Jesus, I want to operate in the gift of the discerning of spirits. Somebody ought to say, I want to learn how to detach the attachment apparatus from spirits. Hallelujah. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, called the woman who had the spirit of infirmity unto him. And he cast that devil right out of her. Are you with me? various types of spiritual prisons that a person can be in. The Bible said in Isaiah 61 verse 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Hallelujah to the me. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison door to them that are bound. and God wants to release us out of them. Hello, somebody. I said spiritual prisons of depression, spiritual prisons of bondage physically, spiritual prisons of all kinds of oppression from the enemy. And so, when we take up serpents, we have discerning of spirits. You say, what is that? It's one of the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit that the believer receives when the believer is baptized in the Holy Ghost. You become submerged in the, in the supernatural. But that is not the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's just the effect of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. The purpose of the baptism in the Holy Ghost is to go into all the world to preach the So what is discerning of spirits? 
discerning of spirits is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. This word, discerning of spirits, Jesus already teaches us about this. When the disciples said, why could we not cast him out? After they were already anointed to cast out devils. They were already empowered by Jesus to cast out devils. Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, in Mark chapter 9, verse 28, says they took him into the house privately and they asked him, why couldn't we cast it out? And in verse 29, Jesus said, this kind cometh forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. I want to draw your attention to the word this kind. Because the word kind in the Greek language is the word genos, which actually means breed. This breed. This means we have to discern what family does the spirit that you're casting out belong to. Does, do all spirits, are they all alike? Or are there, is there a need for discerning of spirits in order to take up serpents? Are you hearing me today? Put your hands up right now. And... Thank you so much for joining us today. What an honor it is to have you with us today. My prayer is that you will know your position in Christ and that you will go forth with skills, sensitivity, and understanding on how to bring down demonic power under subjection of the Holy Spirit. You know, beloved saints, it is so wonderful because Jesus trained his disciples for this very ministry. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. They, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. You are spiritually immune to demonic spirits and God wants to teach you how. His word informs us exactly how demonic spirits operate. And you know, beloved saints, the Bible says that they, they shall, um, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Did you know, beloved saints, that the association throughout the Gospels of sickness is also associated with oppression. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for any demonically induced illness. I feel so strong there are some of you in another country that you have been under a demonic oppression over your body, especially someone in India. You have been demonically oppressed in your body. Your legs have been very swollen and there has been strongholds attached to your body. And today in the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit of infirmity off of you. According to Luke chapter 13, we command you to be loosed from the spirit of infirmity. I believe there are others that have been under bondage. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 15, uh, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Bondage is a spirit and I break it off right now. 
the Bible is so strong about bondage. Bondage brings chains. Bondage brings uh, us to a place where we feel restricted and we can't get out. There is someone in emotional bondage today. You are in a place of a broken heart. You are in a place of, of deep sorrow and grief and agony, and you are asking God for release out of this agony. In the name of Jesus, I break the stronghold. In the name of Jesus, I set you free through the power of his precious blood, through the power of the resurrected Christ. He is not dead. He's alive, and the Holy Spirit will prove to you he's alive right now, that he, that he is not dead. We don't serve a dead Christ. We serve a living Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same Jesus that Isaiah speaks about that was called to go to free those in the prison and to release those out of the prison house. The very same Jesus, the same Messiah that Isaiah 61 verse 1 speaks of who came to open prison doors is opening the doors right now of your heart opening the doors for you to be free, opening the prison that you have been stuck in. Someone has been in a place of emotional depression, and it's been almost five years. You are in a place you don't want to live anymore because you can't face the daily oppression of that depression. But right now, Jesus of Nazareth is coming with his hand. It's a nail-scarred hand. It's a hand that reaches down right into your pain. And he's breaking the bars. He's breaking the depression. He's setting you free. Receive that love right now from Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we release you now. In Jesus' mighty name, he is the one who sets free. He's the one who opens the prison doors. He's the one who opens the doors of the prison to those who are sitting in the prison house. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And beloved saints, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal savior, today I want to invite you to receive Jesus into your heart. You know, beloved, those of you that have been through pain, you've been through emotional pain, some of you just want to serve God, but you don't have the grace to serve God. You want to live a life victorious, but you're trying to do it in your own righteousness. Or you've sinned and wonder, will God ever forgive me? I've got a word for you. God has sent his only begotten son to take the place of our sin on the cross. He took our penalty and he took our weight and he has forgiven every one of us. And I want you to know, beloved, you can walk in the freedom of forgiveness. You can receive new life. You can be born again and you don't have to depend on your righteousness. It's his righteousness for we have been made the righteousness of God in him. Say this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Be my personal Lord and Savior. I love you with all my heart, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me from sin. Wash me free. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Beloved, if you said that prayer, you can write to us or call the number on your screen. And if you would like to be part of feeding children worldwide, and setting people free, building wells in foreign countries, 
producing medical missions for the poor that have never received medical help, saving lives of mamas and children, and helping squatters every day have food to eat, you can be a Hesed partner. And our uh, announcer is gonna tell you how. Don't forget to visit our website at breathofthespirit.org. And our announcer will tell you how you can be a Hesed partner. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast. 